0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with David Henderson.
1: Hello, everyone. Joy to be with you.
0: And we are here to discuss the sermon from this past Sunday. Um, The King will come and reverse the curse, uh, based on Isaiah chapter nine, verses six and seven. Although I think we threw verse two in there as well.
1: Sort of. We kind of when we started going through the the darkness, the desert, the discord, that one came in, Mm -hmm. as did thirty-five, as did eleven. Yeah.
0: As did a bunch of other verses.
1: <laughs> yeah, a dozen or so other ones. Yep, exactly.
0: Exactly. So, um, so you started off your sermon with a clip from. Well, I guess I should start with by start by saying the um, sermon series title is a bit unusual for an Advent season title, right? Yeah. Everything sad coming untrue. Yeah. I want to give a yeah, little background where that came from?
1: Yeah, that comes from the um, one of my very favorite works of literature. And I know one that you enjoy as well, J.R.R. Mm-hmm. Tolkien's book, The Lord of the Rings, a yeah. wonderful trilogy. Uh, near the end of that, there's a place where it seems like the whole world is just falling apart and coming to an end. And then there's this, um, in some ways, just completely unexpected turn that happens that kind of the curse is reversed and, and Sam finds himself waking up. Uh, in kind of in a hospital room um, and there is someone he thought was dead standing in front of him here is this chaotic world all at peace and he says wait a minute I thought you were dead I thought I was gonna I thought I was dead and is everything sad going to come untrue what's happening to our world and it's such a uh, rich way of that Tolkien expresses this idea that the curse will be reversed I think it's Mm -hmm. incredible he's such an amazing writer but Oh Yeah. Uh, yeah. I
0: mean, we could go into depths about right, Tolkien exactly. and, his, and his writing, but we won't because that's yeah. not the point.
1: But um, to your point also, though, I think um, it was really interesting. I, I spoke with a number of people after the worship service. Mm-hmm. And one of the basic ideas that comes through in this series is God's not done. And mm. it, it isn't all rosy now. Uh, mm-hmm. We God laid out these incredible promises. And yes, we've tasted so much in the first coming of Christ, but he's not finished and it's not all done And the world is still profoundly broken. And what was so interesting to me, Michelle, was how many people were saying, thank you for acknowledging that, mm. not, uh, not leaving me with the sense that, wow, if, if I feel discouraged or if I deal, feel depressed or if I feel anxious or fearful living in this broken world, something's just wrong with me. Mm -hmm. no something's still wrong with the world that's Mm -hmm. a consistent it's a consistent orientation of your heart in a broken world to be feeling those things Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah yeah, so it is it has a different note but it really seems like it almost a minor key kind of note or minor Mm -hmm. major kind of overlap but it feels so consistent with where we are with in the kind of in the midst of the yuck of covid Mm -hmm. and uh, it just seemed kind of like the right perspective to remind us of and
0: yeah Yeah. well because i think one thing we can all acknowledge whether we believe in god whether we believe in jesus no matter what our worldview or our point of view i think we can all imagine i mean we we can all agree that this isn't the way it's supposed to be right which is how you kind of started your sermon with this clip from the grand Canyon movie. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: And, and the guy says, everything is supposed to be different than what it is.
1: Yes. And that registers so deeply in all of our hearts, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Every, every time you open the newspaper, every time you look at the news scroll, I mean, everything there is a reminder to just look out on the community, on the world. Um, yeah, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This is not consistent with God's design.
0: Right. Which I I said in Sunday school at, or in the community group on Sunday morning, I was like, I was a little surprised that David started in Genesis. And then I realized, where else are you going to begin?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to begin at the beginning. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because if you don't understand what is supposed to be, then we don't understand why everything is different than it's supposed to be.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. And then like, I just came across a quote. I'll probably share it on Christmas Eve. I came across a quote from Vincent Van Gogh who said, you know what? I'm more and more convinced that the world is just like a bad painting. It was Mm. a really good concept that God had, but he blew it. And every good artist messes up sometimes. And this was God's mess up. And Mm. so that's the, that's the other conclusion we have to offer. Uh, I mean, it seems to me is this was God's best shot. Mm. If, well, if that's true, what does that say about God? So if there's some mm-hmm. profound disparity between this beautiful and perfect God and this beautiful but not perfect world, where did that break happen? Is the, does the problem reside in God or does the problem reside in what he made, which is the Van Gogh thing? Or mm-hmm. does the problem reside in some turn of events that took it from being just the way God intended it to not being that way anymore? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we hear the promise totally differently. That whole business about there's going to be a child who's going to come. He's going to have a government and it's going to be on his shoulder. It's like, as a kid, I was like, what do you do with that? I just, you know, <laughs> Jesus in the manger, that makes sense. But a kingdom being established and, and the king being on the throne, how does that fit in? I don't mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to drive back to the the start of the lane to
0: see right. where you got
1: there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we started in Genesis, and I, I mean, you referred to this a little bit earlier, but um, one of the things you said is is acknowledge, you acknowledge the reality we experienced, and just the way you said it in the sermon, just really resonated with me Mm. that um this world is beautiful and broken and that we as human humans are a majestic mess Mm. and i was like oh that's interesting i guess we could take majestic as an adjective describing how messed up we are or we could (laughs) say (laughs) we're majestic because we're created in god's image and we're messed up
1: like like a royal (laughs) mess yeah exactly yes right (laughs) meant to be the second that we're there's both still (laughs) profound majesty in us and yet much much that's that's just not the way it's supposed to be
0: right right which is where we can get into that um self-loathing or the self uh criticism of i'm not i'm not supposed to act this way i'm not supposed to be this way and we (laughs) could say and we as believers could say yes that is very true we're not supposed to
1: yeah, yeah that's right yes
0: yeah and so when we go back to isaiah in isaiah um so we you talked about okay now i i have to look at my notes a little bit more closely
1: <laughs> actually while you're doing that let me just make it make an mm-hmm. observation this just this popped into my head um it, it's interesting uh one of the one of the comments that i re- receive sometimes about my sometimes about my preaching is it's not biblical it is hmm. a comment that people make hmm. um and my response is to say what what <laughs> um and and i don't mean that in a critical way it means i'm so surprised by the critique and and i've learned since then that i mean it, Obviously, this entire sermon is just scripture linked together. That's really all it is. It's with mm-hmm. a few of my kind of narrative comments along the way. Um, so so someone saying your preaching is a biblical can't mean you aren't actually using the Bible as your authority or referring to the Bible or building your, you know, it's and, and what I've discovered is that people, there are people in some traditions who are just accustomed to a sermon that says, okay, so last Sunday, we looked at chapter three, verse two today we're going to look at chapter uh, 3 verse 3 um, mm-hmm. and we're, and, systematic. and people, exactly where where it's um, an expository series that walks through verse by verse in mm-hmm. a, in a passage of scripture which is a great way to get to know what the uh, the, the to follow the line of argument or the unfolding history in that particular book uh, but part of my conviction is so much that it's the whole of scripture that we're teaching. And we've got to understand how all of the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. And this is very much one of those sermons where, and, and as we get farther on, we'll, this will be reminded of this, where it's, it's picking up currents of ideas and metaphors even that run from beginning to end in scripture. We, I quoted the virtually the very first verses in the Bible and virtually the very last verses in the Bible and a lot in between. Mm. Um, and so I think it's helpful for us to just be reminded that there, um, it is so valuable for us to do systematic expository study. And it's also so valuable for us to do what is now called biblical theology and and get our arms around the whole of it and see mm-hmm. how the pieces fit together.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Well, and follow the story throughout, right? Follow yeah, the line exactly. of thinking throughout scripture. Um, yeah, that is very helpful. Um, so we talked about Spiritual brokenness and three metaphors, which you've kind of alluded to already. Um, darkness and desert and discord. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the message of hope from um from Isaiah about the king, which you know, which brings us back to Isaiah and Isaiah 9, 2, the light, he's the king is going to be the light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. um in isaiah 35 he's going to be the water in the desert and in isaiah 11 he is the peace and the discord
1: mm-hmm. yeah one of, one of the um i think a an unfortunate consequence of the kind of the latter part of the enlightenment and the some of the more Um, materialistic ways of thinking about our universe that particularly began like right at the start of the 1900s is the whole sense of kind of the mystery Mm. uh, uh, got stripped out and and at times the evangelical church has bought into the idea that because we have the scriptures that we are confident are true and they are and because we are confident that they supply for us everything that we need to, to understand God and to understand the Christian life, we can we can think that the way to appropriately exegete a passage is to strip all the mystery out of it. Mm. And I think one of the things that makes the prophetic voice so powerful, um, I mean, here are these metaphors that kind of land with a thud in the middle of humanity of, of not... Um, there is a moral code that God established and you all have failed to keep that moral code. And the consequences of that, are it's, it's the world's in darkness. Mm. We're all stumbling about, we're lost. We're smashing our noses against walls that we don't think are there. We're falling into pits that we aren't aware of where um, it's terrifying. It's fearful. You know, I think God means us to have this, um, um, to, to engage the emotional and imaginative side with these prophetic messages um, that, we're, that we're not just, brains on a stick we or two sticks i guess two legs um <laughs> we we are um yeah we're imaginative creative uh people and god means for for the the imagery to grip us so that was really mm-hmm. what this sermon is about is unfolding those three governing images in Isaiah that will that anticipate what will happen with Jesus but but in such uh figurative metaphorical poetic imaginative language
0: mm-hmm. And I do think that um, Yeah, that it's it's so easy it's so easy for, at least for me, it's easy for me to fall into that um, logical, uh, this expository, systematic kind of way of thinking, and to be um, drawn into the poetic and the metaphors, it just really helps me. It helps me to think about God in a different way, and in a different, and use a different part of of my brain and my being, in order to uh, interact with God, and then also think about Him and about His message. So I do think it's helpful. Yeah,
1: it's kind of we have whole grain bread. We need a whole brain way to think about the bread of life. You know, it's <laughs> exactly. the, where the whole, where where the whole of us is engaged in in. Yeah, because then I think the response that we bring to God is not like, you know, Mary uh, kneeling Mm -hmm. before the angel and saying, um, Mm -hmm. I I am the Lord's um, slave. May it be to me as you have said, you know, that's not just like, okay, uh, first sentence, God says this. Second sentence, Mary responds this. It's this. Wow. Picturing myself flat on my face before God saying those words to him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, it's, It's whole person engagement with Mm -hmm. the Lord with all of your heart and with your soul and with your mind and with your strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a whole being response that God means. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and then we, and so in these metaphors of the darkness and the light, the desert, the water in the desert and the peace and the discord, you, we talked, you talked about um, the first, the first coming and then the second coming. So we, we live in this already, but not yet. Yeah already true but it's not yet true as well um i think a while ago you did this image you drew an image on the on a whiteboard during one sermon and it was like the mountain range so when you're far away from the mountain range it all looks like one Like they're all really close together. And then the closer you get to that mountain range, you realize, wait, there's like 50 miles between this range and that range.
1: That's yes. Yes.
0: And it's, it's, that's what it's like with the prophecy. Like from Isaiah's perspective, it was all going to happen at once. It was all one thing. And then as we've, we've, we've experienced the first coming of Christ and we realize, wait, there's like at least 2000 and maybe longer, obviously, because we're still here before his second coming. Yes.
1: And, and I think our knowing that has, at first, that seems so discouraging. Oh, you've got to be kidding! There's, mm-hmm. but the way that it answers, I think Brentley used the expression when we were talking about this earlier this week. He said it. It felt like it provided a map for me. It's like, okay, if this is where I am, then this makes sense of my surroundings. And mm. I, that's really what this whole series is about, is that this is where I am between the first mm-hmm. coming of Jesus and second coming. That makes sense of my surroundings, which is, oh, so much is beautiful. So much is still a mess and still broken. And then wow. that actually lets me live in peace in my circumstances because I know where I am and what to expect.
0: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think it is so helpful because then in this already, but not yet, we can rejoice in the already, right? And and be grateful and thankful for that. And we can be honest about the difficulty and the disappointment of the not yet.
1: Absolutely. And, I think- and, and that honesty is combined with, it is actually, and, and I think this is something we can misunderstand sometimes as Christians lament and hope are the same thing for followers of Christ it is a longing that things that the things those things that god has promised would in fact uh come to be um so there there're two facets of exactly the same uh reality which is waiting for god to bring about um what he has assured us he will do
0: mhm mm-hmm. and i think um it's when we don't have a rich or full view of scripture or an understanding of this already not yet concept mm-hmm. believers can can feel like i have to live in this hope or this toxic positivity kind of space
1: yeah, yeah i've talked about being chipper for jesus you know that's
0: <laughs> you
1: <Yeah. laughs> feel like we always have to be there right which, yeah.
0: Which isn't true. We're both shaking our heads no. No, it's Christ. not true. We don't have to be chipper for Jesus. We don't have to live in that false toxic positivity space because we can readily acknowledge the brokenness around us, the mess that we are um, outside of Jesus.
1: Yes. And then that makes our hope so much more substantive than, mm-hmm. than a mere positive attitude. It, mm-hmm. It's so different. I know this is what the future holds for me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought when you were talking about your application points uh, from the sermon, I thought that's where you were going to end. And then you said, and there's a third kind of surprising way. <laughs> I'm like, what could that be? Right. That Jesus calls us to join him as curse reversers. And I was like, oh, wow, that is true. does
1: it was it was uh so moving for me to just watch this sermon kind of arrive at itself um by the spirit of God and and I'm going okay so I'm fitting the pieces together (laughs) but what about these chunks like wow it was just breathtaking to me to see what God was calling us into alongside of him this idea of a commission is a co-mission um we are alongsiders with Jesus and his redemptive work in this world. Wow.
0: Right. And so that, under, that helps me understand why we feel like we need to change the world. And.
1: Oh man. Yes. Yeah. Great insight.
0: And yet it's like, but really God doesn't call us to change the world. He calls us to change a world at a
1: time. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Absolutely right. Yeah. And I'm... I think, I think you were the one who said is we were talking about this sermon series a couple of weeks ago, you know, that, that in his first coming, the scope of Jesus's work was on a personal level, what, what he's mm-hmm. doing individual by individual. And then it, it's only in his second coming that it becomes global and comprehensive. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, that Jesus first coming uh, is putting individual hearts right. And that will mm-hmm. seep over and putting our corners of the world right for a season while we are the influencers of it. But mm-hmm. we we are not bringing about the new outcome Jesus is, which doesn't lead us to despair when we rightly understand what is the scope of our calling. Mm-hmm. I, I can't change the world for my neighbor, but I can change my neighbor's world by introducing them to Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I love that... Um, so this is what I wrote down in my notes: Only Jesus can make all things new, and until He does, He calls us to bring light, water, and peace into the individual lives around us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I, um, you know, when I was when I was a stay-at-home mom, four kids, um, homeschooling them most most all of them most of them and then you know I just it felt like my world was so small um like how am I changing the world parenting four kids all the time and it never ends and it felt overwhelming and um sometimes it felt like I can't make any progress right because it's like dealing with the same issues. No, you don't talk that way to your sister. You don't talk that way to your brother. You don't, you know, like just dealing with those same issues over and over and over and over and over over again. And so I really appreciate this idea that, no, if I am being faithful to my calling, whether I'm at work or whether I'm at home, whether I'm parenting small ones or, um, or I'm I'm single. If I am faithful in my calling, God will use me as light, water, and peace.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Michelle, you were putting your finger on something that I think is another place we can feel so discouraged. One is to say, you know, we are affirming that Jesus is the answer. And then we look around the world and there's a lot that isn't answered for yet. Um, right. And and so that can feel like the faith is a something's d- doesn't fit with what's been promised. And we've already talked about that and why our hope for his return is so profound. But but you're also identifying something that I think is so significant and that we can feel like, well, if I can't change the world, what's the point of changing anything? Of mm. of even trying. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm here for a moment and then I'm gone. And And there are forces that are larger than me that are shaping the world and I can't affect those forces. So Mm -hmm. even if I seek justice, it can feel like what's the, why am I even trying to help a single woman uh, who is trying to find housing or help these Afghan refugees who are coming into our community and, and helping them get established. What's the point of even trying? And I think that's, you just put your finger on exactly what is the the purpose of that, Uh, that, we, we can't, we may not make a lasting and global difference, but we will make an everlasting difference with whatever we do on the small scale that God invites us to be about. Okay. Um, we talked earlier about J.R. Tolkien. And uh, one of my favorite works of his is called Leaf by Niggle. Do you know that work?
0: I don't. I mean, I oh think you've re- re- referred to it several times, but I've it's- never read it.
1: It's incredible. I, I would really commend it to you and, and to those who are listening. It's a short story. And, and it is helpful to know that um, Tolkien comes from a Catholic perspective. So the concept okay. of purgatory is involved, but that doesn't ruin the story. So basically the, the story is of a guy who is an artist and he has kind of eternity in his heart. He has this picture of this incredible project that he wants to do with his life. And and life keeps happening, he keeps getting up interrupted and there's a storm that happens he has to replace his roof and there's, there's relational challenges with his neighbor and under his own roof and, and it's this kind of, I keep trying to get to it and never quite get to it. And, and so this whole huge project that I wanted to be about comes down to, well, I tried to paint a forest and, and really only this tree kind of came out the way, sort of is coming the way. Really, it's just this one leaf that I did really well. <laughs> uh, and and then he dies and he goes uh to heaven uh to the new creation really it kind of mm-hmm. is how it plays out and to his absolute astonishment his tree and its leaf are a permanent part of eternity they are mm-hmm. a part of the new creation and uh oh it's this incredible picture of yeah uh, all of our lives are like this big you know it's it, this mm-hmm. teeny little scope and yet all of our lives are momentous because they they have the potential to be everlasting in the difference that they make
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so mm-hmm. for me to be able to be uh, light and and water and peace for my neighbor is is to paint a leaf with my life that gets incorporated into the new heaven and the earth because that mm-hmm. person is part of that Mm -hmm. new creation along with me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm. so it's it's a humble proportion and a profound calling at the same and with eternal significance at the same time Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm. that it is and i think that is a great place to end unless you have any last thoughts
1: nope i don't
0: okay great well thank you so much for joining me today david
1: well it's a joy to be with you sorry yesterday didn't work out My miss. (laughs) Well, the
0: funny thing is is that Brentley forgot the week the time before. And uh so we had to do it on Thursday. Same
1: thing. So So the same
0: thing happened again. It's okay. We have grace.
1: (laughs) For our listeners, thanks for being patient with us bundlers. Um yeah. Yeah. Michelle, great to be with you as always. Yes.
0: Yes. And thank you for joining us, whether you joined us on Facebook live on our, on our podcast or on our blog. We're so glad that you were here today. And if you comment or have any questions, just uh, leave a comment on our blog or on Facebook. I read all of those and um, we appreciate you. So have a great day.